right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Boom shakalaka! What's good, Hoopers? I am at NBA G Wiz. You can call me Maddie Garrett. And joining me today for the Insight Sports Charlotte Hornets season preview is this bloke here, Mickey Dell, at B1G. It's at Big Horse, basically. We love to have him part of it. How you doing, Mick? Gee whiz. How are you, brother? How good is Mate, this? I am absolutely... I'm, I'm, we've got a deep love. We met through 2K, and one of the first things we spoke about, because we're old heads in a way, Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. Yep. The much maligned. So, yeah. For me, and I'm sure it is for you, one of my first Christmas presents that I ever received was a Larry Johnson number two Charlotte oh, Hornets, the, the deep purple singlet. Oh, it was delicious. Have a look at that. Grandmama. That's a throwback. Grandmama. That's a deep throwback, man. I um, My hat. first pair of basketball shoes. And, and the hat. Yeah, oh, this is deep love, man. My first ever pair of real basketball shoes. My parents couldn't afford Jordans. I was like, give me a pair of Jordans. Give me a pair of Jordans. So they gave me Converse Reacts. Um. Thanks. Shout out to Mama and Papa G. And it was the Larry Johnson ones with the two that you had to like put over the laces and clip up on the side. Uh, and my first jersey, I said to my parents, oh, I really like a Hornets jersey. And my mom's like, is it blue? I'm like, yeah, it's blue. It's like teal. It's teal. Just like you, you know, for Christmas. Like so excited to get this Larry Johnson jersey. So I opened it up and I opened it up and I got my blue jersey, but it was a Denver Nuggets, it can be Matombo jersey. No. Not the same. Not the same. No. Not the same. Definitely Mate, not. you... You love this. You even named one of your kids after the organization. So Charlotte Hornets is a lot for you. They've come over into new ownership this year. Uh, Jordan's out. He's sold his portion and stake in the team uh, mm-hmm. for over $3 billion. Uh, tell us about the new ownership and what you think that might impact the organization directionally this year and how that could impact fantasy. Yeah, so uh, a group of, we can call them millionaires, I guess, have bought Billionaires. Well, the $3 billion the franchise sold for. So Jordan bought the franchise in 2010 for 275 mil. So in the space of 13 years, he's made himself $3.75 billion almost. Do the maths. It's a brilliant payday, isn't it? He's always been about the money and the fun. So congratulations to him and uh, good luck in retirement if that's what he sees fit to do. But something that I find interesting with the, the new majority group, two things. One, Jay Cole, he's one of the minority investors in it to add yep. to his long list of achievements that he's got. And Rick Schnell, this guy's name is, he's also a minority owner for the Atlanta Hawks. Now, we've seen this with businesses in the past where is this going to impact trades that go between in, uh, Atlanta and Charlotte? And is one going to play big brother, little brother type of thing to the other organization? What do you think? Look, I never rule anything out of the possibility. You know what I mean? It's mm. business at the end of the day. And if you're in it to make money after you've just waxed three billion, a cool, it's just a cool casual $3 billion on an NBA team. You'd be looking for a turn. Like we do see it with agencies and sports players and managers, like, you know, 
nudging guys to a certain direction or like clutch sports. So you want to get your clutch guys back into a Lakers team or wherever you want to direct them, even though their roster is so big. But look, I do think it's it's interesting that they've come in, new ownership groups come in generally sometimes with either one of two agendas. Let's maintain the status quo, which is great. Let's keep it going how it's been and let's find out what we've really got here and build from there or mm-hmm. rip down the walls, start it up fresh and go crazy. Uh, see the Phoenix Suns. So do you see this the Suns path or do you see this like, let's see what we got here path? I think it's a let's see what we've got path. You have a look at what the Hornets have at the moment. Uh, it's It's consistent. It's consistent with what they've had last year, the year before, minus Montrez Harrell and these sorts of guys. You know, you've, you've still got Martin, Washington still there for now, Kelly Oubre. For now. We'll get to for that. Now, that's right, and we'll get to yeah, that. Oubre, yeah, Oubre's yeah. out this season. And, yeah, you're right. There's been a, those guys there. Like, I mean, look, who's the organization guy? If I tell you right now, Charlotte Hornets, who's the guy? Lamelo. Yeah, it's Lamelo's team. And yep. they wanted to bring that back. Like, they made a directional thing a couple of years ago after Miles Bridges' breakout season to form that organization around Lamelo. And Miles, uh, obviously, he had the off-court situation, and that was being delayed a year. So mm-hmm. we're going to get to this, I guess. Like, do you want to get? Do you want to? Do you want to do this, Mick? In and feel the juice. Yes. And I'm get down to the. Woo! Do you want to get down to the business? Let's 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 share some details and some stuff we've got about the team for this year because, yeah, we're we're running off a bit of a theory here in many many ways that we're going to have a Charlotte Hornets team that is quite possibly the same team from 21-22 with a few minor changes uh, basically coming full versus we're going to see the season we didn't see in 22-23. We've got some, we've got some theories around that. So basically the ma- major back-ins are Miles Bridges because he's signed that in. Uh, rookies okay. Brandon Miller, uh, Nick Smith Jr., the 26th pick, uh, James Najee redirected from Boston, and your major mm-hmm. outs. And look, again, this is the theory of like, we have to go with what we've got today. Today, it's the 3rd of August as we're recording this podcast. PJ Washington still is not a Hornet. He is not an NBA player. He has no signed contract in front of him with his job at this point in time. Uh, Kelly Oubre is the same. So he's out. And Dennis Smith Jr. obviously has actually got a contract and he's playing over in Brooklyn now. Who are you most excited by up in those ends? For me, Miles Bridges to see him back at with Miles Bridges and Lamelo Ball together, they were bloody exciting to watch. The alley oops, the backdoor cuts. Miles really came on and uh, really excelled in his path to stardom, as he'd call it. And he was on his way to being an all star, and then yeah, sort of plateaued a little bit. Um, still had a really good season, but then the off court dramas from last year has put a stall to the the organisation. Not just for last year, I think this year as well. It'll take a little bit of time to get this chemistry back, but. The two rookies, the top rookies you see there, Brandon Miller, I'm excited to see him on the defensive side of the ball. I think his offensive game still needs a little bit of work. But Nick Smith, I think he's a smoky one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, we're right there with you. Uh, we've got James Nagy. We're getting, now, we'll get to that with the team. And we said about the smoky ones in our picks right here. We're looking at the whole organization with those ins and outs. Now, we haven't got, for example, guys here like James Booknight, uh, we haven't. We've got Kai Jones there, but we could probably leave Kai off. Uh, Bruce Bryce McGowan's, Xavier Snead, JT Thor. These are the fringe guys in the organization. Uh, guys like Shvi Mikhailuk, who aren't there and got traded away last year, they're not in the organization. Jalen McDaniels, all these other guys. But what we're seeing is a return of guys, and you can see the two major orange highlights there: Cody Martin and Miles Bridges. What we've got is their numbers from 21-22 there. And also, we don't know what PJ Washington is. We'll get to his contract a little bit later and how that impacts the team. So what we're basically dealing with is. 
a very similar team from 21-22 without PJ Washington, uh, without Montrez Harrell. With a returning and apparently healthy, ready to go, Cody Martin, he'll be there come training camp and good to go. So what we might see out of this, oh, by the way, Gordon Haywood, apparently healthy. Surprise, surprise. For now. For now. For five games. And then he gets a cold and goes for 12 games. Who knows what's going to happen with this bloke here. Um, Watching this and looking at this roster, what stands out to you as like the biggest excite moment for you? Like looking down at like, what do you want to see the most come out of this organization with these players on a basketball court this year? Personally, I want to see Mark Williams solidify the center spot. I think he's got real potential to be a really nice center in this league. When he got an opportunity last year, he was really good in the paint. His his field goal percentage was high, finishes nicely around the hoop. His rebound percentages were pretty good as well. The the steals and the blocks, that'll come. He, he averaged one block a game, but I think with more experience, that'll go up. I think they've got a really exciting call with Lamelo, with Brandon Miller, with Bridges there. You've got Williams as well. Nick Richards, I think, is a solid backup center who at times last year was a great fill gap center for those that that needed to stream in blocks and rebounds and, and what have you. Yep. I really hope PJ Washington stays, but it's not looking likely this year. It almost looks like they're trying to clear as much space to make some big splashes next year. Yeah, look, and this is the thing. If he re-signs on that qualifying offer sheet right now for the $8.5 million, he can leave next year as a unrestricted free agent. That's right. Organizationally, we're going to be looking at possibly, again, this is another Phoenix Suns comparison, a whole new roster on deck for the Charlotte Hornets next year because expiring contract is Gordon Haywood. He's likely, if not a trade candidate this year for a start to get out by the deadline because he expires and he gets picked up by a, you know, a ring chaser, a ring a championship caliber team. So there goes Gordo. He's, he's off. Miles Bridges may not re-sign here. Now they've shown a lot of loyalty to him by bringing him back by they've, they've nurtured that situation off the court. I feel very well with Miles Bridges. So he could re-sign and re-up that contract that he didn't get because he was set for a payday. Then everything happened. So, he's off PJ Washington. If he signs that $8.5 million qualifying offer, he can then relieve at the end of this year as a unrestricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. So that basically puts their long-term roster construction in peril. Like they could bring both back with bird rights. They can even let one walk and take a big free agency swing. Um, but they could strike out on that end with an even thinning roster come the end mm. of this year, which is a concern for brand new ownership. And Mitch Kupchak is going to have to really like, play super GM this year to figure out and shore up some stuff, you think? Yeah, I think so. But I think there might be a little less pressure on Mitch this year, given that there's no Jordan there now. So I think for me, Jordan almost looks as though, yes, he's the majority owner. Yes, he was pulling the strings. But I don't think it let Cupcheck do what he wanted to do. I think now that the, the reins have been loosened a little with no Jordan there, I think you'll see some, some nice quality moves come in. He's done it with the Lakers before. I think he'll do it here with the Hornets. Yeah, look, we've got to look down the team and straight away we see that LaMelo Ball is the guy of the team. Now, again, this is only in a limited amount of games last year. LaMelo was injured and we'll get to that. LaMelo Ball basically has these games where he plays, he doesn't play a season, he plays a season, he doesn't play a season, he plays 75 and he comes back and only gets a handful of games in. What our like analytic thing here down is, or not analytic, our symbols, our little emojis down the side there, or do we see value and improvement of last year? Do we see them returning more value by their fantasy rank from last year? Do we see it going either way? Are they down on last year? Are they going to be an add value from where they finished last year? Are they going to be about equal value to where they were um, either that year or the year before down value again, or going sideways? 
We think Lamelo is going to have a bit of an up season as he progresses. The main thing for him is always efficiency with him. He adds you his 6.4 rebounds a game for a point guard. He's a high assist dude. He gets 1.3 steals. I think that's forgotten in Lamelo's. Like he gets you some cheeky. He might not be a great, you know, in-body defender, but he does have a lot of versatility with his length to get into the lanes, make reads, and he loves those highlight plays where he gets in a lane, makes a cheeky steal, goes down and finishes. Like that's his forte. He doesn't cost you anything on the free throws, but his field goal percentage does cost you, doesn't it, Mick? Yeah, it does. We can see there. 41% from the field, that's really low, isn't it? That'd be average nearly in the poor category. Yeah, it's in the poor category. It's in, it's it's not it's not great. But look, his point, if that goes up, let's say that goes up to for like 440, 450. I mean, you've got the elite point guard shooting over 500 like Shea. But if you can get like, it goes up, a, if, you, if that bumps up, he takes 20 field goal attempts a game. So if you improve that, He's already making four three pointers a game. That's huge. That's a that's a great elite. Like four point four threes a game is elite. But if that creeps up with some finishing around the rim, a little bit better there on that end, that goes up to 25 and a half points a game. That field goal percentage comes up. And that's excellent for you in your fantasy game. We go Terry Rozier either way here, just because we don't know what's going to happen with Cody Martin. Look, last year, Scary Terry finished with the 94th overall rank, according uh, to our good friends over at Hashtag Basketball, and the ADP of 48, because he had a decent 21-22 year. So everyone was thinking, he's going to do the same thing, he's going to do the same thing, he's going to do the same thing. We don't think he's going to be worse. If, if we have a return to the 21-22 Hornets basketball, where Lamelo's the main guy, Rogier's playing off ball a bit more, Cody Martin's in there, or Brandon Miller, one of those two guys is in your small forward or alternate shooting guard spot, whatever that's going to happen. You've got a healthy Gordon Hayward, a healthy Miles Bridges, and some form of power forward center combination, and we'll get to that. Terry Rogier could actually creep back down in value. Yes, no, because he was like he was the 45th overall player in 21-22. So that's half of his value dropped <laughs> off there. He could come in at maybe 60s. 70s and that's two yep. rounds of value yes no or, or are we insane here no no I, I think you're spot on there but something i'd like to bring up that you've you've pointed out already is scary terry's known as a quality defensive player hmm. lamello ball isn't but yet lamello ball averages more steals than rosier so what i want to point out here is don't go by reputation have a look behind yeah. the stats which is what we at the insight fantasy sports are going to do for you and it clearly shows that Lamelo, from a steals point of view, is better defensively, fantasy-wise, than what Scary Terry is. And he gets you those case stats. But this is, again, again, and he could be that. It's also over a sustained amount of time. So this mm-hmm. is over, you look at this Lamelo 1.3. Now, that could have dropped over the course of the year. But if that's a sign of things to come and he commits to a defensive presence, Lord knows that they're not a very good defensive team. In fact, if I was to tell you this, if I was to tell you the offensive rating of the team, the defensive rating of the team, they were 20th last year for defensive rating. And everyone's like, oh yeah, they'd love to score. They're a great offensive team. Actually, they struggled last year. They were the worst offensive team in the NBA last year. Yep. They were at 100, they were at 109.2. They were the 30th ranked team. Uh, you go down this one, Theo Maladon, he's out. Look, so back to that Rogier. So we won't go to Theo. Terry Rogier, we just think he could improve on being the 94th player. In the season where he last played alongside Lamella, he was the 45th ranked. He played 33 minutes a night. His Field goal percentage was up at 400, uh, 44%. Free throw was 85, three threes a game, 19 points, four rebounds, four, 4.5 assists, and again, 1.3 steals. So he provides you those steals, 1.2, 1.3 the last couple of years. The guy who this impacts, though, with Lamelo being back is Theo Maladon. He's probably likely out of the rotation. Uh, he'll fill in where he can unless otherwise done. And we think Nick Smith Jr. could see those tail end minutes down the back of the year. Cody Martin... He's back. 
he's going to have more value than he did last year, obviously, because he'll play more games and he'll be better than the 173rd ranked player. Uh, true, false, or we're, high, we, we're, we're not high on him. We just think he's going to do better. This is not saying like you've got to draft Cody Martin in your league, right? No, you don't have to, but I think he's sneaky no. value in your, your last couple of picks. He, he is going to be better than this 21-22 season. And if his brother is anything to go by, we saw sort of a run he went on with the Miami Heat. Good defensively, can shoot the three. We see here 48% from the field. Free throw percentage isn't great at 70, but I anticipate that to improve. A couple of assists, four rebounds a game, over a steal a game. That's sneaky value for someone that you're picking up late in the draft. And if you don't draft him, he's definitely someone you want to get in on a on a weekend where the Hornets have got a back-to-back set and you need some extra steals or a couple of rebounds and you're in head and your free throw, or you're maybe even punting your free throw percentage, you can get him. He doesn't do you any harm. You'd just like to see some more buckets go in for him from the three-point range and we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Miller, of course he's going to have value. Of course he's going to be plus because he didn't do anything last year in the NBA, so he's going to be better than last year. That that's, makes complete sense. Because of Brandon Miller, though, coming in and because of how high in the organization they might be towards a youth movement, Gordon Haywood is going to be down. Now, the, the, tor- the story of two Haywoods, the narrative is this. Let's get Gordo out there healthy, showcase him for a trade, get off that end-of-year contract. He's out the door anyway at the end of it. Let's put him into a championship-caliber team. So you're going to see a, an increase in showcasing Haywood, or yeah, we'll just let him play. People know he's good. He'll be healthy. A healthy Gordon Haywood is a good trade asset as well, but we don't have to run him out there because we're like Lamello's out injured. Miles is suspended basically for a year, whatever. So he's going to be down on last year, but you can still expect some late round value with him. He was the 144th ranked player last year. So uh, look, Haywood, do you draft him late? Do you not draft him? You're drafting him late and you're holding your breath that he can keep his body healthy until you can move him on. Yep. Yeah, 100% there. Um, We'll go through these real quickly. We're not going to touch it. Let's just leave Miles out of this because we've got a whole big thing about Miles Bridges. Kai Jones, he's your third string center at this point in time. The only reason he can see more minutes is if PJ Washington doesn't sign. You've got a co-share of minutes already with Mark Williams and Nick Richards. Mm -hmm. If one of them for some reason plays power forward, which is probably unlikely, um, it's not going to happen. Um, so Kai Jones for us is just out. He was the 341st ranked player last year. The thing we'll get down to here is Mark Williams and Nick Richards. Um, it, Mark Williams is the better basketball player of the two. Yes, I, I, think, I, think, I think Nick Richards puts up some Gowdy stats, and I love some Gowdy stats. You know why? Gowdy stats are really good in your fantasy team, aren't they, Mick? You picked him up last year when he put up that a couple of monster games, and he won your week to help put you in the finals, I'm pretty sure, right? Yep, spot on. Yep, but well, I had both of them for periods throughout the year and had to trade off Mark Williams when he, I believe he hurt his hand towards the back end of the year. Yeah, his thumb. Yeah, his, his injury there and he hurt down. And then so Nico got more rich. But look at the minute share. Well, this is the thing about being handcuffed to another place in value. So where we think Mark Williams is, we'll think he'll have the starting role, especially right now with no power forward. Like there's no power forward there. Like if you look down their depth chart right now, I put it, I print out their depth chart. Here's your, here's your power forward. According to CBS, it's PJ Washington. He hasn't got a contract on the bloody team. How was PJ Washington your, your number one in your depth chart? That basically means you've got Kai Jones, Brandon Miller, who can fill it in. Uh, Gordon Haywood can play some. And, oh, mate, Miles Bridges at the four. Your, your centers, without a doubt, uh, Mark Williams and Nick Richards. And that's the no-brainer. But the big question there is which one gets the starting role. 
I love what they both do in the pick and roll with Lamelo. Uh, like, so he, I got some stats up with Lamelo. Lamelo in the pick and roll, he's inside the top fifteen. Yep. Uh, pick and roll players in the NBA. So he's in the top half of the NBA in that. He gets 8.3 points a game, Mick. He takes 7.8 field goals, tied with fourth with Damian Lillard. So mm-hmm. field goals off the pick and roll. Uh, Lamelo is the fourth player to take the most shots off the pick and roll. The three above are Trey and Jar. With Cade Cunningham in his limited games last year is the number one in a small sample size. Um, mm-hmm. This is huge. Now, his pick-and-roll partners last year, P.J. Washington as a pick-and-roll partner was in the 76th percentile. Mark Williams was in the 66th percentile. Nick Richards was the 87th percentile for pick-and-roll. So although I I think, and this is according to NBA.com, if if they roll with that partner who can do that stuff and it fits better, Nick Richards could – get that role quite easily if it works better or facilitates better with Lamella if that chemistry is there for him. Because if Lamella is like, look, I I think it's better with Nick, they'll probably, they could angle that. Mark Williams is the smart choice. We think Mark Williams Mm -hmm. will get the job. And this is why we've got, it could go either way with Nick Richards because either way, they also need some more minutes right now. If they do the traditional, we call it the JaVale effect. Oh, we have a starting center, don't we, Mick? Hey, Mick, how long are you going to play for before we pull you off the court? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, five minutes and then... Yeah, Mark Williams, no-brainer for me. It, it has to be. He look, For me, he looked better on the court than Nick Richards. Nick Richards was good fantasy-wise, but from an overall NBA basketball point of view, Mark Williams is definitely the better center. And he did finish the year, even through the injury, at the 142nd ranked base uh, as the best player in fantasy, according to Hashtag Basketball. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd take Mark, we'll take Mark Williams over Nick Richards. We'll see what happens, injuries, whatever, and then we're going to rush to the waiver wire and pick up uh, – and pick up, uh, you know, Nico Richards after that one. This is just mm. starting five and how it projects out basically right now. We're thinking of our conversation. So we sit down and we do a bit of an exercise and the guys who are doing these pods, we say, who's our starting five? And we compare notes and then we see where we go from here. And we basically, we landed on the same one. We reckon Brandon Miller is going to slot into the three um, straight away from day one. We just think that's how it's going to shape out after the pre. It's a new direction for the organization. They want to inject some youth. They want to inject some excitement. Lamelo's young and exciting. Terry Rogier is like the, the statesman, the older, the, you know, the older bloke here in the team, but this is great. Brandon wasn't that efficient. What do you think of your starting five there in Charlotte, Mick? Yeah, it, look, it looks, it's not strong for me, but I'm excited to see Lamelo, Brandon and Mark Williams, all really young people play together, form that chemistry. That's a really good base moving forward. Miles Bridges will be a part of it. I think you uh, touched on it earlier in the podcast that Charlotte have backed him through a pretty hard time for him. They've shown mm-hmm. loyalty. They've re-signed him for the season. You'd think if he was a decent bloke, he'd hang around and respect that loyalty that they showed. And Terry Rosier, is it this year the last year of his contract or has he got another year? I'm not too sure. But I, that up. I, I anticipate that they won't make finals or the playoffs, sorry. They'll get another couple of nice, decent picks this year. They'll hmm. add to that again. And, uh, yeah, I anticipate Charlotte moving forward the next two or three years to be a playoff basketball side. Yeah, we were we were, we were right in on that one because right here when you look at it, they've got nothing to play for this year, especially if these contracts go south with if, – if, if Bridges wants out. So they could re-up and give him like a, a, a max deal or a whole bunch of cash at the end of the day, join Lamella, who's just signed his extension with a whole bunch mm-hmm. of cash. You've got these contracts coming off the books – uh, Haywood's out. There's some, that's a whole chunk of change, millions off the list. You've got to have an opportunity to rebuild your roster around a great draft pick next year. So do you tank at the end of the season? What do you do here? And that's what we think Brendan Miller is going to definitely get that value. 
the major points here is with PJ Washington out, like you said, mate, with PJ's out, Miles Bridges almost has to play the power forward. That allows Brandon Miller to slot into that small forward spot. Now, if PJ comes back, we expect Miles to start at small forward. PJ, who's been around the 100th ranked, he was like a 90s-ish, 100th ranked best fantasy player the last couple of seasons. He's actually been really consistent for them. Funny enough, mm-hmm. um, the Washington is actually, PJ Washington has career averages of 5.2 defensive rebounds, 2.1 threes a game, 1.2 blocks, 1.3 steals per 75 possessions. Now, the Robert Covington and Jaron Jackson Jr., a consensus top 20 pick, are the only players in NBA history who match or exceed those marks. Now, if you add in the percentage of three points for PJ Washington, He's actually alone as like the number one player to do that floor stretching and provide those statistics. So if they bring him back, he'll get that power forward spot. Miles will go to small forward. Brandon will be your, like your ignition off the off the bench. Terry, scary Terry will stay there. And uh, Mellow Yellow, uh, old mate LaMelo Ball will mm. stay there. Um, the elite things that he brings, first round pick, LaMelo Ball, yes or no? Top t- uh, 12 person league, do you take LaMelo in the first round? Good question. Just, I think. I think he's just 10 to 12 area I, I say better value purely because you mentioned it before injury history if i'm picking yeah. someone who's got that kind of fantasy value i want them to be playing you know your 75 games for the season i want consistency i want good output i don't want to hold my breath say with like a gordon haywood type of player that you don't know whether he's going to back it up week in week out so yes i do mm. believe he's a first round pick but he needs to be healthy for that to happen yeah, and it needs to come at the tail end there. He needs to show it. Look, he was the ADP last year of 8.5, so he's going in your first round. If you want to build around that, and again, this is the season where he play, He didn't play much, then he came back and played 70-plus games. Last season, it was like 30, whatever it is in there. He didn't play many games last year. And then this year, who knows? A healthy one is going to return your value on LaMelo Ball. This comes to our players to watch this space because – where this all falls down at the end of the day is guys who we want to find in our fantasy drafts or who could return some value. And we touched on this earlier. We think at the end of the day, they might pack it in early, Mick. Possibly they might not push for the play-in tournament. There's no need to push it for the play-in, especially with so many contracts coming off the books. You want to secure that great draft pick. Who are you going to roll out there? Yeah, Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. They're the, they're the two that are going to roll out and play big minutes towards the back end of the year. Yeah, look, the this bloke here, Brandon Miller, didn't show much in summer league. He was pretty much touted out of college. I know Skitty from the uh, Inside Podcast Network really loved Brandon Miller's game. He was at like 38% from three, but he only was hitting 33% in summer league. Like he did not have a summer league. Look, he had that massive highlight, that dunk on Victor Wembanyama, which was just brutal. Like yeah. that was, oh, isn't that fun to watch if you're a Hornets fan? Yeah, it was. I wouldn't look too much into the three-point percentages of Summer League because we all know that Summer League's pretty yeah. much there for all isolation and Brandon Miller doesn't have that yet. So yeah. he, with LaMelo Ball in the side, someone that can create for him, his three-point percentage will go up. Yeah, he didn't show much as a defender, which is the thing we want to be concerned about. Well, not even concerned about. We do want to watch for him. Like versus the Spurs in the California Classic, he had more fouls than points in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might look at that and be like five points uh, versus six fouls and he's out of the game. Uh, they actually run up to 10 fouls in summer league. Like, like you can just basically hit a bloke and then jump back on the court. It's like yeah. sim bit him for 10 minutes, come out there. Um, but he does enable Charlotte floor spacing and Miles Bridges to operate as the power forward. And that's what we really like for Brandon Miller. Like mm-hmm. you can roll him out there in that small forward spot, especially with the whole PJ Washington deal. 
Uh, Miles can play that power forward and that four, and he can get a lot of open looks off Lamelo or off Scary Terry. Yep, totally agree. And with the five points and six fouls against the Spurs, for me, I think that was just a bit of a piss take in the way that it's it's summer league. You got ten fouls to play with. Yeah. Like if you know that you got six, hundred percent, you're up to three fouls in the first quarter. You're backing 100%. it off. So yeah, <laughs> you played AFL. You know what you're doing. You're gonna do. You're gonna continue to absolutely pester an opponent. You're a mad at it. You're gonna absolutely be a menace out there. You'll get up to eight and be like, okay, that's fine. I just won't do anything anymore. Yep, that's right. Could you imagine failing out at summer league with ten fouls? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ten fouls. Could you write, yeah. You'd write, you'd, you'd almost rush and say, like, is he going to foul out? What are you going to do first? Score 10 points or get 10 fouls? This other bloke, though, in Summer League Ooh. for Charlotte, he showed out. He actually probably, of the two players who they made you drafted high, he showed the most promise almost out of the two guys. Uh, he, this guy is 100 million percent your Lamelo insurance. Now, Lamelo, mm-hmm. as we said, had played 51 games, 75 games, 36 games the last three seasons. Smith showed off his potential to get past his defender off the bounce and convert outside shots. Obviously, he needs to convert at the line. You see that summer league percentage, like you said, Mick. Don't really read into that, yeah? No, not at all. Yeah, no. we, I, we like I, our I players. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah I really on. like this guy. I really like this guy. Five-star. What do you love about him? Yeah, Just off the dribble. Like, he, he showed an ability in summer league to beat people off the dribble where, for me, there's some stats that you don't really look into in summer league, but there's a lot of people yeah. who are trying to prove themselves in order to get NBA contracts. And for yeah, a lot of people, defensively is how they're going to make it as a stopper. So for him to consistently beat defenders off the dribble and to be able to get to the hoop, that was really impressive to me. And he also showed that he's got an outside shot as well. We've got to remember this time last year before the college season started, he was projected to go in the top five. Like they had yeah. huge hopes of him. Bit of a down year last year. I understand that. But the abilities there, I think in a good system, Steve Clifford, really nice coach. I think he's in for a really nice season this year. Yeah, Clifford, Clifford, he reminds me of the big red dog, Steve Clifford. Uh, the big red dog might not be a great NBA coach, but he seems like a decent enough bloke at the end of the day. Yeah. He's the guy you bring back to your organization. So, no, it's, come on, Cliffo, come back. We like you. No, look, do you like this off the, the bottom that I put down? He projects to be the instant offense off the bench. Think De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox light. Because that's his game, really like that quick off the dribble, penetrate, get into the lanes. Very much profiles like De'Aaron Fox when he first came in the league. He really, he didn't show much of a three-point shot and that has come along. He only making 1.67 a game, but where he really excels is getting to the cup. In college, he finished at a higher free throw percentage, uh, 74% at the line. He didn't show out that in some league. Obviously, we want to see that return, but he, mm-hmm. did, show a, he did show an ability. If he can get a couple of assists up, if Lamelo goes down, if they said, fine, you're going to be our point guard, Terry's going to be like some – like the great thing about the Brogier and the ball backcourt is Lamelo's height, his length. Mm-hmm. Nick doesn't bring that same length and versatility as Lamelo does as a potential like defender and deflector of passes. But he could go in there. Scary Terry could roll into a six-man role because obviously he's one of the statesmen of the team. You could – Bump in, play that on around. Nick Smith Jr. can get minutes down the bench. And this is a guy who, down the stretch, could very much help you win your NBA Fantasy League. If he gets Absolutely. that role, yeah, you're, 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 you're running to the waiver wire. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to remember, like, he isn't Lamello, but he's still 6'4 and a little bit and 190 pounds. So he's still yep. bigger than, I won't say most, but a lot of other point guards in the league. Think Dennis yeah. Smith Jr., but with better field goal percentage this year. That's what I'm projecting. 
Look, he could really be a pickup and an asset. We're saying, like, our general inside opinion right now is this is I like watch, click on all the notifications, click watch, but also click watch on Lamelo Ball because if mm-hmm. you get a notification up on your phone that Lamelo has gone down, you're just going to run, drop your worst player, drop who's not doing it for you, and you're going to pick up Nick Smith Jr. and just see what happens. Like, it doesn't have to be straight away. Like, it can be like a patient game. Like, you don't, this is the thing in NBA fantasy, and we all get caught up in this so often. Like, I've got to win my league. I've got to win my league. I've got to make this trade. I've got to pick up this guy. I've got to keep on rotating. I've got to keep on rotating. Well, if you're in yep. front and if you draft really well and successfully, you can take a couple gambles late. You can mm-hmm. off them. You can see how you go in the first month of your league. Like, Miles Bridges, like, we're going to get to him right now. This is a guy who's got 10 games left of his 30-game suspension. So they're basically the NBA with him has said, look, you've done your 20. You've got 10 more to go. So two and a half weeks of a fantasy season, he's still allowed to train with the team. So he's still going to be in camp. It's just the same as if he hurts his ankle for a couple of weeks and comes back. But it's for being pretty naughty and doing some, some stuff off the court, right? 100%. Yeah, if you say this you- guy like really heating it up during – um, preseason games um, with scrimmage. If you hear the hype out of Charlotte, you know, yeah, he's missing what the first 10 games. So that's on average, that'll be your first three weeks. I'm picking yep. him up quicker than a Zinger box after a night on the piss, mate. I think this could be Woo! really good value here. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. That is an absolutely hot, hot, hot. Are you ready for this one? You, I know you like this one whenever it comes around. This is oh, for you. Hot, 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 yeah. hot, 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 Give me the Zinger. Oh. No, I'm really hungry, Mick. Yeah, no, Miles Bridges is like an absolute ad for us this season. So what we've got here is his 21-22 content. Now, look, we can even go back and see where it was there. You can see back his ADP in that 21-22 season was 88th. He finished as the 39th player, right? So we're not going to say that he's going to be the same guy as this year, right? We're not going to say that he's going to be the 39th best player. Now, he becomes an unrestricted free agent at the season. He does have the repeat potential because he did show, like this is that contract year narrative. That people get caught up into, like he's going to play better. Is that look? Some do, some don't. It's like whatever. But he did show in a contract year last time. He showed out. Now he was taken seventy eighth in uh, Alex Baratha's Rotowire twenty three twenty four early NBA fantasy mock that you and I broke down. Nick, we saw him at seventy eighth. We're like, oh, there's value there. There's mm-hmm. absolute value if he goes around the same place. Because I'm happy to lose the first three weeks of my league. What about you? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, especially if there's no PJ Washington and you know that he's going to start and get a lot of minutes, which is going to bump up his rebounding as well. That's for me, that's fifth round value for sure. Like that's that's yeah, he's he's like he's if he does that same job that he did in 21-22 and he returns that 38th rank value. If you think about it like this one, in it's in a 12 team league, first 12, first round, next 12 up to 24, your second round, 36, there goes your third round. He provided very early fourth round value in that year. So let's say he regresses a little bit because he hasn't played the game of basketball for a while, which is fair and understandable. Yep, cool. But he's not then by extension a sixth or a seventh round value guy, Mm -hmm. which is where he fell. Like if you go 78th, like that's a lot of numbers that he can make up. So if you can get him in the fifth or in the sixth round where he was taken, that's value knowing that he could possibly return you. I would like to see him in the mid 40s to 50s. And I know then I've really beat that ADP. And again, his ADP in that year was 88 and he finished the season 39th. And the pivot to the four in the advent of a non-returning PJ Washington, as you said, 
makes Miles an absolute grab candidate. You did that pod with uh, Matty O'Brien. What were you what were you, what were you discussing there? Touch us up, like touch us up a little bit, Mickle. T- tell us a little bit what you and Maddie discussed about him. I'll try my best to moisten your loins, mate. So Woo! with this guy, like he can, he really did have a breakout season. He shot the ball fairly well. Yeah. He was on his way to All Star status, like, and was one of the favourites for uh, most improved player that year. Really started yeah, to get some cohesion, was... some, yep, some, you know, continuity with Lamelo, working out when to cut, when to pop off a screen, off an off ball screen. They were working really well together. I anticipated getting back to that sort of level. This 78 where he was picked up in the Roto-Y 23-24 early NBA uh, fantasy mock, far too late for me. If if he's in the 70s or even 60s for me, you're, you're snaffling him. You've got to take him. Take, take our word yep. for it. You will get value back on that. A hundred percent. And especially with this whole PJ Washington thing right now, like taking out that, taking out that value right now, it's like six and a half round value there. So if you take him at the, you're taking him halfway through the sixth round at 36 is a third round guy. So there's three rounds of value. So just mm-hmm. as the exercise, like, you know what I mean? Like he finished the season like 40th, which is like early in your fourth round. So if you can get him at the tail end of your fifth and he can exceed that, so you're going to beat that where he finished last year. And it was, and he slowed down a little bit at the end of the year. But the, the fact is the guy can play basketball and he just might have that. I'm going to be of the narrative that he wants to make it up to the organization. He wants to prove a point. He wants the bag. He's been in pause. He hasn't got played basketball, but he's been training. He's going to be healthy going into camp, body well-rested. We all saw what bubble did for people. Bit of rest in between seasons isn't bad for an NBA player, for an athlete. He could absolutely have another breakout year but he's already broken out where he's just going to return that people might be hesitant because of the loss of 10 games yeah i'm not i'm not scared off by losing 10 games i'm picking up mile bridges if he's in my sixth round and people haven't jumped i'm the guy jumping off the ledge and be like thank you miles thank you do you think that this is why pj washington remains unsigned no i absolutely don't i think pj wants the bag um, he wants more money. Uh, they're not going to give it to him currently. I don't know why. He's been a top 100 player in fantasy. He's been a really great player in that organization for a couple of years. Like he's had a couple of solid seasons in Charlotte. Like they could build a team very easily to start off with a floor spacer like PJ Washington with like Mark Williams, Miles Bridges. Like I'm listening to these names. I'm like, look, that's an NBA team that's fun to watch. Young. You've got Brandon Miller. That's great. Rogier's out. Bring in another young guy the next year. You can get... Even at the contract that PJ wants, which I think was like what thirty something, you had it down there before. There's like a six and a half million dollar gap with. They want that four Isaiah. Years, four years, sixty-four million, and Charlotte have offered him four years, fifty-three million. So they're still a little far apart. He's looking along the same lines as an Isaiah Stewart. So Isaiah yep. Stewart got the four years, sixty-four mil out of Detroit. I'd, he wants the exact same contract. I would give it to him. I'd give it to him. I'd, I'd give it to him. I'd, I'd give it to him. If I'm the organization and I'm in there right now, knowing that I've got Gordon Haywood coming off, I've got some young guys I can bring in. I would I would bring back PJ. Yep. But I just be, think this is like one of those things where he feels a little bit slighted by the organization. And that's a lot. Like ego is a lot in the NBA. If you haven't realized, ego is important. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think he comes back. I, I would. I think right now he could go elsewhere. The only thing is they match that sheet, and then the whole like restricted free agency next year, and everything like that. So look, it's still a let's wait and see factor. Or there is the chance if he signs and trades because of that as well. So there are those rumors that he will sign that qualifying off and be able to be redirected and traded. That's also out there as on the agenda as well. So look, predictions for this year. I guess that leads us to it. Do we see PJ Washington going to be on this side? Yes or no? 
No. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think he's, I think too many egos are at play. If he is, I think it's going to be a trade-off option or he mm-hmm. signs that one thing just to get the payday and play for it. And then PJ becomes someone, I want to say a disgruntled employee, but then he has to play and he has to play well. And if you, and if you buy into that contract year narrative, yeah, that could pan out his way. Sure. Maybe. Uh, prediction, Lamella healthy. Yes or no? I hope so, but no. I am going to say yes. I'm hoping for a 65 game plus. So he qualifies for an all NBA team because he signed that way up early. And I would love to see him do that. I would, I would like to see Lamelo return that. I'm going to say yes. I don't know why my gut says this could be the year that he stays healthy for 65 plus games. I wrote it down. I'm like, I actually wrote down the words. I'm an idiot. You I'm an idiot. I think you'll be healthy. I really like the fact that the NBA have bought in that you need to play 65 games to qualify for all NBA game, all NBA teams now, sorry. Yep. That there's going to be a clause in his contract that he'll make extra coin if he makes these teams. So yep. even if it's a pissy injury, I think you'll see him now play through it instead of sitting, yep. even though I believe by the back end of the year and especially come fantasy finals time, Charlotte will be tanking for another top three pick. And that's fine. But then if that's the case where I get that inkling, I'm going to trade him. I'm going to try and get value back. If he is absolutely flying and giving me wonderful first round value, I will trade LaMelo Ball in my fantasy league. I'll take him. I'll take him at the end of a first round. I'll hope and pray that he's healthy. I'll hope and pray that he delivers me some exceptional stats. And someone that likes him will be like, hey, I've got LaMelo Ball. Do you want him? I'll get a value pick. I'll get. I'll go for an angle for another guy. Similar value, probably a bit worse of value. But I'll angle for an extra player in the trade that I can bring in, drop out my worst player, bring in two players who I know are going to get games down the stretch and who are going to do wonders for my team, and I'll happily see Lamelo go. I'm all about that being my base of trade. Like, can I get someone who – two people for one. Two for ones are great, especially if you're dropping out someone from your, from your team that you don't like. I'll always offer two, knowing that that guy's going to go out because I'll always have an eye on a waiver wire guy or someone who I want to pick up like long-term. So that's how I'm, I think about it. And that ruins me in quite a few leagues that we're in together. <laughs> um, uh, final, the over-unders, we'll finish with this one, is they're actually predicted to go under. It's paying $1.82 here in Australia to go under 30.5 games. To go over is paying $1.91 currently, which basically tells us that they're going to go under 30.5 games. Last year, uh, they won 27, and if they were 27 and 55, do we do we expect them to be better this year with a healthy Lamella ball? Yes. I think they'll be over, but just. I anticipate a 32, 33 win season. Yeah, I, I'm probably there with you. I, I Look, I can see them not flirting with the playoffs like they did. They, they got into the, the playoffs the, the year before, the 21-22 mm-hmm. with the healthy side with PJ, with Montrez, and with that whole team that they were doing. They don't have that team back. I mean, Cody's back in, sure, but they're young. They don't need to. And they're definitely going to be better going for a Detroit path where they get another pick to add to their team for next year and then seeing where they go, getting another young guy, getting a fresh contract. Our prediction for the 23-24 Hornets is like, they're not going to be that great. We want good things for them. We're, we're we childhood do. fans. Mm. We do. This isn't the year. This isn't the year, is it, Mick? No, it's not. Nope. Mate. It's been an absolute pleasure seeing your wonderful face. Thanks out to your rep and that hat right there and this hoodie. Make sure you jump on. They don't just have the four-in-one you've been drinking from. They've got the wonderful merch. They've got the hats. They've got the, the jumpers, the hoodies. They've got the sweatshirts and everything. Check out the apparel on the Insight Podcast Network. 
use the promo code INSIDE15 yeah. for 15% off. It's down the bottom of your screen. You want that. You want to get your 15% off those guys. This has been an absolute pleasure. I have been at NBA Wiz. This has been my big boy. This is him, Sensei, at B1G Horse. This has been your 23-24 Charlotte Hornets season preview. Stay well, Hoopers. Catch gotcha. up.